0: Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Love. I love relationships. We all have them, need them, or want them. They connect us in this world. Not all relationships are great, but I want to talk about the great ones because they get overlooked. We hear about the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. But when we hear about the beautiful and elevating relationships, that's when we get further in this world and we grow and become more successful. I'm your host, Arielle Levitt. So let's start elevating the love for more positive relationships. I have been so excited to have Jen Glantz on the podcast. I think she is so amazing at what she does and how she just makes things happen. She started a company called Bridesmaids for Hire, which we're going to dive into and talk about. But have you ever been planning a wedding and not sure if your bridesmaids are going to show up, if they're going to do a good job, what's going to happen? I Like you might have to fire your bridesmaid. Jen and I get to talk about this and then also like when you start a relationship, talking to a therapist and having those conversations, those crucial conversations before you get married, and then also growing as yourself and as a person, but also in the relationship. These are a couple of things that we got to discuss today. So let's get into it and let's get going. Hey, Jen.
1: Hi, how are
0: you? Good. I'm so excited to have you today on the podcast. This is so much fun.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've been like looking forward to this since early October.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, we've had this on the schedule. We're like, we've got to make this happen. So yes. let's tell, like, I don't even know where to start with you. There's so many things I want to talk to you about, but I think we should just start like a little bit of background history on you. All
1: about you. So I am Jen Glance. I started the company Bridesmaid for Hire in 2014. It's a company that people hire me to show up at their wedding, pretend to know them from any area of their life, and be their friend. And I started that in 2014. I've worked hundreds of weddings for strangers all over the entire country. I'm a three-time author. I publish nonfiction humor books, short stories about my life, my dating life, my married life, everything in between. I have a podcast called You're Not Getting Any Younger, which helps people disrupt their life for a good reason, to make it count. And then I just do a bunch of other random things. I like to call myself a creative entrepreneur. So I'm always creating something new, trying to scale it and grow it. If I have an idea, I like to just put it into motion. So that's sort of my funky little background.
0: I love it. It's so great. So, okay. So we got to ask, like, why would somebody, you know, obviously that's the biggest question you get, I'm sure. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And it's like, you know, I think it from the outside, it looks like such a strange, odd job. But from the inside, it's so needed. So weddings in itself are completely outrageous and ridiculous. And I think a huge part of that is like the pressure and stress that's put onto people. So two types of people will hire me. The first are people who don't have any friends. And I know that sounds super weird and sad, but I think it's one in six people don't have friends. I get that. I think as you grow up, sometimes you lose those childhood friends and it's hard to make new friends. So people will hire me because they don't have any friends. And then the other half of people hire me because they have friends, but their friends are an emotional roller coaster. They're driving them crazy and they need a professional to step in and help them out. And then of course you get people who have different backstories. I mean, people live very interesting lives and they just need someone to step in and support them. You know, I think people think this is like a rent a friend business, but it's not. You're renting, technically you're hiring a person to be your support system to help you with all of these different challenges that nobody else in the wedding experience can help with.
0: So I guess like the maid of honor, wouldn't be really, you'd work closely with the maid of honor, I guess. How does that?
1: Sometimes I will be the maid of honor for that person. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes I will work closely with that person. You know, I think the idea of being a bridesmaid or a maid of honor, it sounds like such an honor, but for so many people, it's so undefined. Nobody really knows what it means, and every single wedding is different. So you take on this role, but then you have no clue what to do, and there's a lot of tension and awkwardness that happens. So sometimes your best friend might be your maid of honor, but your best friend might be going through a job transition, a life transition, might not really know what to do or want to do it, and you need that professional to step in and help you out. So. That's really what I've done and I always say that I don't like weddings. I never liked weddings. I was never that person who ever like dreamt of my fairy tale wedding, but I got into this business cuz I really like people. And I love strangers and I love helping people in really tough situations. And something people don't talk about enough is that weddings are really tough situations. So that's why I find such joy in this job.
0: What what is like your one of your toughest like weddings that you had to like I don't know, I'm just thinking about this whole thing. It's so crazy, right? It's like a yeah. it's yeah, yeah. A, it's a very intimate moment you're having with this person.
1: Beyond, I think like before, early on in my career, I thought, you know, all weddings were happy and joyful and everything was going to be fine. And then I started to see the really dark side, which was um, you know, people on their wedding day getting really drunk and then saying they don't want to marry the person or cold feet or um family members fighting or you know security having to come to break things up or uninvited guests and you see sort of this like other side of weddings that when you're a guest, people hide from you, you don't always know. And when you're a bridesmaid, your friend doesn't always want to let you in on the drama. So I became this person who was the buffer, but also the person who was now responsible for all of this drama that nobody sees. No matter what wedding you go to, I'll tell you this right now, not everything's perfect. There's things falling apart. 99% of you will never see that. And sometimes the people getting married don't even see that. And people like me have to deal with that. So. That's sort of like the interesting, weird part of the job.
0: Yeah, it's such it's such like a, it's very cool that you've come up with this. This is like amazing, and you found a niche that really is you know needed, and um, it's 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 absolutely fascinating. But so, okay, so what's I guess best wedding experience, one that you've gone to, and the worst one?
1: (laughs) I would say, you know, there's been a lot of really good ones. I think um, some of the best ones for me are the ones that are smaller and more simple. You know, I think as somebody who never knew what they wanted for their own wedding, I learned a lot on the job. And I learned that sometimes the ones that are so simple and so you know, low key are the ones where the people are the happiest. So backyard weddings are always so much fun and so beautiful. Weddings at venues that are not real venues, like pizza places or the couple's favorite restaurant or like a movie theater. Those are always really fun. And, you know, the worst weddings I think I've been to are the ones where just unexpected drama happens, whether it's the couple fighting or whether, you know, the worst experience I ever had was five minutes before the wedding started, the bride pulled me in a room and told me that she didn't like the person she was getting married to and she wanted to leave. And I became like the runaway bride's assistant. Right. So I never did she run. Did she run? She wanted to. And I was like, look, you know, I'll call us an Uber. I'll get us pizza. This was in Staten Island, New York. And I was like, I'll get you out of here. But before I do, it's only right that you talk to the person and you Mm -hmm. just have a conversation. So I locked them in a room. I put a timer on for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and I made them talk. And, you know, very long story short, they ended up going through with the wedding, but they didn't sign the wedding license. It was almost like a fake wedding because their guests were already waiting for them. And that happens more than you think, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but think about a wedding as if like you've been preparing for like a diving competition at the Olympics and you're preparing, 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 and that now you're on the edge of the diving board about to jump and it hits you. And you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? And that is a real moment that happens to so many people. I remember even before even before I met Adam, I remember this woman telling me that she knew walking down the aisle, she's like, this is going to suck to have to do again. She knew that this wasn't going to work and that she was going to find herself remarried. And that always stuck with me because I just, I personally wanted to do everything I possibly could to meet someone and not feel like that. So like just really make sure that if I was going to get married, it was with somebody who I didn't feel like, Oh, well, this is going to be horrible to do again. You know? Um, so I've learned a lot on the job. <laughs>
0: That's kind of exhausting. Don't you think like, Oh, we have to do this all thing, the whole thing again, another time.
1: Like- oh my goodness. I, it's exhausting. And I think, I think it's more common than you think. Cause like, you know, people's brains and not everyone but some people's brains are like i have to meet someone i have to meet someone then they meet the person and they're like i have to get engaged and they get engaged i have to get married i get married and then what happens is a lot of marriages fall apart in that first year or so because everything comes to life and you start to realize like oh we didn't actually have these tough conversations or i don't really know this person or oh my god like i got to what i wanted and it's not what i thought it would be and that's like how everything is in life so you know i do think like for a lot of people the wedding day is a interesting emotional day for them on so many levels.
0: Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day and she said that I, she was having a, it's her first year of marriage and she was having a hard, they're having a hard year. And I said, well, the first year of marriage is the hardest. Like, I think we should have weddings like after the first year. Right.
1: Oh my God. I, you know, like the greatest thing that happened to Adam and I is we had planned a whole wedding in Florida. For thirty thousand dollars and the pandemic canceled it we got all the money back and we didn't do anything I mean, we got married on a sidewalk in new york city our parents watched on zoom and we pocketed that money and you're so right it's like why were we going to spend so much money before we even experienced this whole marriage thing which does change you and is really tough it's like to spend thirty thousand dollars i want to wait till year 10 and spend that kind of money right like until then that's a lot of money to drop on a wedding and 30,000 is like very low in terms of how much people spend, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's crazy. And it just is so funny that people put so much pressure on that one day and instead of, yeah.
1: Uh, They put so much pressure on it and they, I feel like they forget what they're actually there for. And I think, you know, like a lot of people like they put so much pressure on it because they want their wedding to be this dream, this moment of perfection. But they don't actually take the time to really look at, is this the person that I want to legally combine my life with? And what does that even mean? You know, I bet you if you ask the average person engaged, hey, what does marriage mean? What changes? They would have no idea what changes. And I think that that is so scary.
0: Before you and Adam got married, did you guys do like any couples counseling? Did you do, I I don't know, anything to.
1: Yeah, because I like to put him through every weird situation possible. And also because I like to write about this stuff. We went, we talked to a divorce lawyer because I wanted to know like what a prenup was and why would you would need that. And I wanted to talk about that. We went to a financial counselor to talk about, do we have to combine our finances, which we, we haven't done and we probably won't do. We went to a marriage counselor to talk about, okay, like what changes when you get married? So I wanted to learn about these things and I sort of dragged him in with me, but I think they're important because, you know, these are conversations people have after they get married and I wanted to have them before. So, you know, after we got, we eloped and we got married, nothing like, really changed fundamentally because we had all these conversations before, like our bank accounts were the same. They were separate. Our credit cards are separate. Like we, you know, we didn't get a prenup, but we were very clear on like what would change if we ever got divorced. And, you know, at least we went through these motions, which I think are really helpful and important and sure they're scary. You know, he didn't walk into these conversations with open arms like I did, but I just didn't want to get married to a person and be caught off guard as to like what changes, you know, like, I didn't realize it, but when you get married, you can't just keep your bank account separate, like technically they become marital assets. And if you get divorced and if you have a business now that person owns, like there's a lot of legal things other than we file taxes together that happen when you get married that nobody talks about. And that is so scary.
0: Yeah, no, it's all these things that are so important to talk about. It's um, there's this really good book that I read It's called Crucial Conversations and that's these are the, the crucial conversations you need to have with that person before you end up marrying them unless you want to do it twice like that other woman. <laughs> oh my
1: god. Which <laughs> you do I mean you you hope you don't want to but it's like you know everything in life has risks and to think that marriage doesn't is is sort of not realistic. You know I I honestly hope we never get divorced and I don't want that to happen but not planning what could happen is really dangerous because you are combining so much of your life with the person and, you know, you always have to look out for yourself. And I think like it's such an unromantic viewpoint, but it's so realistic. And that's sort of how I wanted to treat it. Um, And I just watched, like, I I heard so many of my friends get married, and then, like, they don't even know what their partner's financial background is. And they don't even know, like, what kind of religion they want to raise their kids as. And they don't even know all these things. And I just personally wanted to walk into this next phase with as little anxiety as possible. And I think it's good because I think we still fight. We've got a ton of things we fight about, but none of them are fights about, like, these fundamental things. They're more just like, you're annoying, you're this, you're that. They're not like wait, we don't agree on like our 401k situation. Like we, you know, all of that is like completely done with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just like who left out the bar of soap and the, you know.
1: <laughs> right. Oh my God. It's like, it's the stupidest stuff. You know, he yelled at me yesterday. He's like, you need to start washing the dishes before they go in the dishwasher. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Talk to me in 50 years about that.
0: They've <laughs> changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you know, there's so many different aspects to to marriage and dating and everything like that. Um, one of the quotes that I have to say, I really enjoyed that you said one day. Um, I can't remember what interview you said this on, which I wish I could remember. But you probably will remember. <laughs> but you said with marriage, and I don't want to take this away from marriage or anything, but I think this is a pretty cool thing. And it's about, I mean, self-growth and, and you as a person. But um, you said people congratulated you more on getting married than when you wrote your books. Yeah. And your books are such a huge accomplishment for yourself. I mean, that's huge to be able to say that you've written three books and that they're out there. And yeah. I mean,
1: you know, this was something I, I bothered me more than anything when I was single was like, I was single, but I was starting a business. I was a full-time entrepreneur. I was making my own income. I was writing my second book. I was doing all these things and people only wanted to know why I was still single. And people only wanted to know when I was gonna meet people. And people only wanted to know when I was gonna put aside all of that and go on more dates. And then I got, I met Adam and then it was like, okay, when are you gonna get engaged? And I remember after we got engaged, I said, please don't post any pictures. Like I don't want anyone to know we're engaged because I knew what was gonna happen. And what happened was every single person I've ever had a hello with, to a conversation with, to a friendship with, to anything, reached out to congratulate me way more than they did when I posted about my second book or my third book or how you know my business is in its seventh year and I'm still doing it. Like, And the same thing that happened when we got married. And even today I posted something about our ex wedding date of last year, and i got more people to comment and to like and to talk about it and i just feel like it's such a shame because i've accomplished so many things in my life and i don't consider getting married one of those things i consider you know getting over really tough times a huge accomplishment i consider writing a book which i feel like it feels like you're running a triathlon i feel like that's a huge accomplishment i feel like getting laid off and then starting my own business and making my own money like that is accomplishment. I feel like getting married is not um, growing the relationship. Yes, getting through tough times. Yes, but deciding to take that next step is more of like a decision than an accomplishment. But the world makes you feel like you are on this mountain of success because you got married. And I just personally don't understand that. And I know that's like a very like taboo approach to this whole thing. but. I just think like we should celebrate people in their lives, not for their relationship status, because there's a lot of people who are married who are really unhappy. There's a lot of people who are single, who are living their best lives. Like you never really know. And I think it's more like stop asking people about that and start asking people about like, Hey, what else is like really working in your life right now? And congratulate them on that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like that. Like what is really working in your life right now? That's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Because um, I don't know. I just think it's fascinating that like people don't congratulate you on your own things. And it's, it's kind of fascinating that you, once you kind of became who you are is when you found Adam, right? Like when you were like, this is who I am, I'm owning it is when Adam kind of fell, fell into your lap. More yeah. You
1: less. know, I had, <laughs> I had spent like so much of my twenties being single and working on like everything I wanted to do. And people judged me so much for that. Like I would spend Saturdays working and writing my blog and I was so happy in my life. I just wasn't in the mood to be in a I I don't know. I was just like I wanted to I wanted to do so many things in my life and I still do. And I didn't care about a relationship. I didn't care about meeting somebody unless they were like really awesome. And you know how I met Adam is obviously very odd I like did an experiment where I went on 14 first dates in the month of February and I met nobody really and I went to delete my app and I had an outstanding message from Adam and I didn't look at his profile and I agreed to go get coffee with him because what's a 15th date and I remember he walked into that coffee shop and I was just instantly blown away and you know it was just like that 15th date and like one of the first things he sat down and said to me was I've looked you up on the internet and I think everything you're doing is awesome. And I remember just feeling so overwhelmed by that in the best way, because I felt like I had to always downplay who I was to people and be like, oh yeah, I wrote a book, but like, it's no big deal. And like, yeah, I have my own business, but it's no big deal. But with Adam, he was like, I think like I looked up everything you do and I think it's awesome. And like, I also am like kind of an entrepreneur and we just like, I thought that was just such a cool, like, way to start the conversation. And um, the date felt different. But again, it was like date number 15 out of 14 horrible ones. So you never know. But the thing I liked the most about him was he never judged me for how hard I worked. He always like encouraged it. And I also really liked that like he's the kind of person that on a Saturday would be happy working too. And that's how I am. So I think we had a lot in common but one of the things that i really enjoyed was that he really respected everything i was doing and wanted to do and never made me feel bad about it
0: Hmm. that's really cool that he looked you up ahead of time you weren't creeped out you were totally fine with it
1: I was totally fine with it. I mean, I found out like later how much he was like watching my YouTube videos and like send it to his mom and his mom was like, this is the person you're going to marry. And I had done a I had done a video for Glamour magazine. They sent me on a blind date. And before the blind date, I went to a matchmaker. They asked me all these questions and they said to me, what Disney Prince would you would you marry? And I said in the video, I would marry Prince Adam. And I don't know how many Disney, sh- I don't know how many Disney movies, but I said Prince Adam for some reason. And he- Is there mom even a Prince him. Adam? <laughs> like, I don't even know actually. <laughs> but I said that and then his mom saw the video, he saw the video all before the first date. And, you know, it didn't creep me out because the way he said it was like, yeah, look, I like looked you up and like, I think what yeah. you're doing is amazing. So I think like, there's nothing wrong with that. We all do it and you know, I think it was like, it diffused my anxiety having to be like, okay, here's who I am. Like, how many questions are you going to ask me about it? Um, and after 14 dates, the last thing I wanted to do was really talk about like myself and explain the same question. Yeah. So I like that he came prepared.
0: Yeah. He came interested, already engaged.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I thought like he came interested and he just like, I don't know, he just, He brought this sense of energy to the date that nobody else did and it's very much Adam's personality, but he just will open he'll open the door to a room and like. Just like you feel like there's like a spotlight on him, he just brings so much positive energy and I just felt like I needed that so it it worked out. But
0: (laughs) That's cool so did he feel the same way when he saw you that it was just like instantaneous like oh my gosh. Or do we need to bring him on for another day? <laughs> I, know, I know, I'm
1: like, oh, he's walking the dog. Um, I don't think so because I was really guarded. I had been on 14 dates. So I remember personally, like sort of being like a little slumped over being like, you're like okay, like let's get on with this. Like I had a bit of an attitude. I feel like for maybe the first 15 minutes I was chewing gum. I was like very much like, okay, what do you have to bring to the? I think I even asked him like what his five year plan is, which is something I would never say ever. But I think like I was just in a mood and I think like 15 minutes in, I was like, wait a second, Jen, like there's something here. So I remember Mm -hmm. I like straightened up and like brought my best self, but I actually have never asked him what he thought when he first saw me. So I don't know.
0: Okay. All right. We'll come back to that one then. because (laughs) (laughs) it'd be fun to know. It'd be fun to know. But yeah, it's, it's interesting also that you kind of right away knew that there was something there between the two of you.
1: Oh, I mean like he was just so excited. We had so much in common. We talked about one day trying out for the amazing race And I saved him in my phone as Adam Amazing Race. And he's still in that till this day. We ended up trying out for the show later on, but I just remember we had so much in common and none of it was fake or forced. And at the end of the date, he said to me, I'd like to see you again. I'd love to get pizza next week. And I thought that was really nice because it wasn't like I didn't have to leave and wonder if I was gonna like ever talk to this person again. He was like, you know, let's plan pizza Tuesday. And I thought that was really nice.
0: Yeah. He, he obviously felt a connection between the two of you.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Have you noticed that with other couples? I, I know I get this kind of question, or I've tried to put my eye on it a little bit too. With other couples, like that, they're the couples that you see last or have these really good relationships. There was some sort of spark. There was something right away that they were like, oh my gosh, there was this energy almost that they yeah. couldn't even explain it.
1: I think it's so hard to know. You know, I think like earlier when I started this business, I was like, I can tell if a couple's gonna last, but I really think the truth is you never truly know. I don't think anyone really knows what's behind the scenes in the relationship. So I think like from the outside, you might look at a couple and be like, they're so not compatible, they're never gonna make it, but they're the ones that make it a hundred years because what they have works for them. Whereas a couple who you're like, oh, they have a spark, they're gonna make it, like something happens in life and they don't. So I think it's hard, but I think like to think about in the early part of your relationship, you definitely want to find somebody who you have common ground with and who's also at the same level you are with what they want. I think, you know, Adam came into this like really looking for a relationship and I don't know if I really, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I wanted, but I think because we were on that same page, it really, it worked really well.
0: Yeah. Do you think when we're, I'm, just, I'm having so much fun chatting with you, <laughs> like throwing all these questions at you. <laughs> Do you think, like, with our society changing so much now, right? Like, I've been talking to this with a couple of the matchmakers and people that dating coaches and all these things that women are becoming more like stronger, they're becoming more so. Men don't really know how to chase women anymore, they don't know how to woo women, like, if you want to use that expression, right? Yeah, they so, like. I mean, I don't even know where to, I, what are your thoughts on this? Like, how would, how do we tip the scales back or do we tip the scales back or do we come up with a new way of doing this? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's so complicated yeah, right now.
1: It's, Sorry. it's yeah. so complicated. And I think like, I don't, I couldn't even imagine like in the pandemic, but I think like transparency is everything. I think being able to be like, I, i think like one of the things i learned after going on 14 dates in one month is that i don't have a time to play a game you know i was i, I lost the whole like oh when they text me i'll wait three hours and you know i was just like i'm gonna text i'm gonna say what i want to say i think by the time i met adam i was very much like here's who i am i'm not gonna hide it for three months like this is who i am and i think that that speeds up the process it cuts out the bs and i think that that is good so i think like I don't know. I'm I'm not the kind of person who really like likes these whole games. I like the transparency of it. I like the, you know, like just getting to the point of it and um I think that's important because I think like all these rules, all these games get in the way. Like I always have friends who are telling me about their complicated dating situation and I'm thinking like if it's so complicated and if you're so scared to say what you want to say what what are you waiting for what's going to happen like you have to really you have to sort of say this if they're going to get you know weirded out because you say this then like what are you, they're going to get weirded out about something i think the only reason you know adam and i lasted this long is because we were tested so much throughout the early part of our relationship i mean we went through so many difficult situations and we stuck together and we got stronger and you know i think the more a couple goes through in their relationship the more they test the relationship, the stronger it's going to be.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. I just have to go back to the beginning for just a second. Um, when you first went on your first bridesmaid, like hurrah, right? Okay. You, you posted it on Craigslist. Spoiler alert, everybody yeah. who has not read the book, <laughs> right? Like, um, you know, you posted it on Craigslist And now you're going on your first, you know, Craigslist like back then too, it was like a little bit creepier. I mean, I don't think people even know what Craigslist is anymore these days.
1: (laughs) It's like next door, but worse, you know?
0: (laughs) So you post it on there, you show up and you're like, hi, I'm Jen and I'm going to, yeah. So how, how was that feeling?
1: It was scary. I mean, you know, I got the idea to post it because like, all my friends got engaged and one day two distant friends asked me to be a bridesmaid and my roommate called me a professional bridesmaid so i figured like okay maybe i can put myself out there as a hired bridesmaid for strangers and my mom told me never go on craigslist ever 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 of course i ignored it and put this ad on and i went to sleep the ad went viral i got hundreds and hundreds of emails and i remember like the news started picking it up And I had to call my mom and be like, mom, don't turn on the TV. And if you do, like I had to tell you something because it was on like, I think like CNN or somewhere. And I had to tell her and she was very supportive. But um, the first wedding was interesting. I remember I got on the plane to go to Minnesota and I didn't get off the plane when it landed. I was so scared because I didn't know what I was doing. I, I was such a fraud, right? And ended up going to this wedding. I went to the rehearsal dinner, showed up and instantly fell in love with the job instantly fell in love with being this woman's support system with integrating with her friends and her family with really feeling genuinely like her and i were friends and you know i left that wedding i got back on the plane and i thought wow like this is what i meant to do this is what i need to do and even though everyone is going to doubt this like there is such power in this job and i stayed in touch with her i still stay in touch with her i owe everything to her for giving me that opportunity And, you know, I think like when we have crazy ideas in life, if we talk about them, we'll be talked out of them. But if we do them, we'll start to see that they're not so crazy. So that's always sort of been my mantra is don't talk about it, do it, and then assess it.
0: That's so cool. When, what made, like, what stood out to you in her email? Because you got hundreds of emails, right? And you're like, okay, I'm choosing this girl from Minnesota.
1: So like... Yep, her email said that she had a bit of a difficult life. Her mom had died a couple years ago from breast cancer. Her maid of honor, she just fired because the maid of honor was like also getting married and being like sort of nasty and mean and not supportive. And she was like an older sister to two very young brothers and sisters and was raising them. And I just felt such heart and pain in her email and this feeling of being lost and needing support. And that support that was needed was more than just a body in the room. And I wanted to do that. So I felt like such a connection to her and her words and um, you know, reached out to her. And again, it's like this thing where her and I probably never would have met in this world. We just never would. And if we did, I don't think we would be friends. Like we don't really have that much in common. But through this experience, like I genuinely do have like this love for her and this care for her. And like, I genuinely felt like I was part of her life and doing something really good for her. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like this weird thing about me where I love to help people I don't know in this like bizarre way. And I think that's sort of my calling is like, I'm not really good with like, I'm not the best like friend to my friends, but I'm a really good friend to strangers. And I think that's just like, maybe what I was meant to do.
0: That's so big of like such insight into yourself, right? And then accepting <laughs> that insight, right? Because it's not like the easiest thing to accept.
1: No, it's because a lot of feedback from friends. I mean, I just think like, I'm a very driven person who knows what I want. And I go after it. And that's at the expense of like hanging out with friends and, you know, living this life. So, and I don't know, I just find like I find this beauty in that sometimes we tell strangers things we wouldn't tell anyone else in our life. Like I know I'm guilty of many times sitting in New York city, talking to a stranger, telling them my problems, but I haven't told anyone else. So I feel like there's such power in strangers and what they have the power to do in your life. And that's why I still do this seven years later.
0: It's amazing. That is really beautiful. It's almost like you get to also be like a different person, right? Right. You don't get to be the Jen Glance that everybody knows you back home. You get to be Jen Glance, who you want to be at that. Or do you go, you go by your name there, or do you switch up your name?
1: Sometimes it's a fake name so that they can't find me. Sometimes it's a fake identity, but you're right. Like I also have always had this fascination with being somebody that I'm not. I, I feel like maybe i i'm weird about who i am so if i get to play this role i get to be someone different and i get to be like the hero that i'm too scared to be in my own life maybe i don't know but um i love that part of it i don't think i love acting but i love that part of like bringing my best self to these people's lives without them knowing what's happening in my life kind of thing um i love that rush i love that feel and yeah you get to be a new person every day and i think that that's always so fun
0: You're almost like a fairy godmother to (laughs) Lori.
1: It's so true. Oh my God, a fairy godmother in a really ugly bridesmaid dress. (laughs) That's That's exactly it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me today and talking about this and-
1: Oh my God, of course. All things
0: dating too, because it's just fun to talk about dating and relationships. And I'm sure you went on some pretty crazy- like, I don't know, hinge tinder, whatever it was, or match. I don't even know at that, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's pretty, pretty, some pretty crazy stories there.
1: Oh my God. I mean, I think like dating in any place is tough. And I think New York City isn't any tougher than anywhere else. But I think, you know, it it, it is, it's hard. It's really, really hard. I thought I was going to be the person that was going to be single forever. And I was sort of okay with that. I honestly was, I would be happy. Um, and I just think like, if you know what you're looking for and you know what you deserve, like you don't waste time with things that you, that don't add to your life. So I think like, I was so accepting of meeting Adam because he added to my life. He didn't detract from it. And I think that I really appreciated and respected that.
0: Yeah. I think something I've noticed about you is like, I've come to this conclusion about myself too recently that I'm really enjoying where I'm at in my life right now and we're as females or I guess it's like society as people we're always looking for our person we're always looking for the next thing then the next job then the next whatever it is it's the next and we don't just actually sit in what is what we're in right now and and it's kind of nice to just enjoy this moment in time right like it's it's very cool and that's what you kind of did with your single time before you met Adam and um, it's nice to kind of enjoy it. You were like, "I'm in it. I'm, I'm
1: here." And then Adam popped in, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, I'm joining yeah. the party." <laughs> I think we're all always chasing after something that we think we really want, and in the meantime, we're missing out on the obvious of what's happening in our life right now. And then once we get that thing, it's never what we wanted or expected or thought was going to be. That's just how life works. And I think no matter where you're at in your life, if you're single, if you're divorced, if you're married, whatever, wherever you're at, like. Try to enjoy this rather than what you're chasing after. And I'm guilty of that, obviously. And of course, but I think that's important. You know, I think like people who are single feel such an intense pressure to to achieve something in their relationship status. But also like there is beauty in being single and finding new things that you like and understanding yourself. And there's power in that. So don't erase that just because of the pressure you feel to meet somebody.
0: That's so beautifully said. That's so beautifully said. Well, thank you so much. This is
1: fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had such a blast. I love the show. Oh. I find it so fun to listen to. And it's so easy to listen to, especially like when you're out on walks. So I'm so excited <laughs> to be on it.
0: Oh, this is the best. So, okay. Where can people get more of you? Because you are so fabulous. So oh, thank you. like, let's, yeah. I want people to connect with you and get connect- going with you.
1: Of course. People can find me jenglance.com on Instagram at genglance. My podcast on iTunes, you're not getting any younger. My book's on Amazon. Just you, if you type in Jen ants, you'll find way more than you ever wanted to.
0: <laughs> no, all good things. But I'm just saying some of the interviews, oh, a lot of the interviews and things that I've watched of you are just so fabulous. The ones that I've seen, I love everything. I can't get enough. So Thank I'm you. so excited to have you on my podcast. And um, I look forward to chatting with you more. And I will share with everybody in the show notes what's going on so they can um, stay connected. Thank you so much. Thank you. I so enjoy being here every Monday with you and digging into relationships. But before I see you next week, if you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend or write a review on iTunes. I appreciate your support and love staying connected on Instagram or on the Facebook group, Elevate Love. So if you want to see some behind the scenes or tell me your thoughts on the episode, join me on Instagram at elevate.love.xo. Until next time.